you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. So privileges are things that are just extras. They're like, you know, I used to call it special treats. Like this is sort of a special treat. Even something like iPad time is a special treat. And the reason why it's a special treat even though my kids had screens in their life and we were not, I wished we had been a screen-free family, but frankly, we weren't. I use that electronic babysitter more than, more than, I mean, now I've come clean with my kids, but um, yeah, I, I sort of needed it for my sanity and that's okay. Okay. But, but privileges are something that our survival doesn't depend on it. It's an extra. So something like, you know, going out and getting ice cream, right? Like we can survive not getting ice cream. Ice cream is just a privilege or a special treat. Um, we can survive without playing our iPad games or watching our favorite shows. It might not be as fun a life, but we're going to be fine. And so the privilege is something that's an extra. Anytime a privilege becomes a problem, then the privilege needs to go away for a little bit. So like if you're fighting all the time about tech time, then that's when I say, yeah, it might be time to do a tech detox for a bit and then introduce that privilege back in when we are showing up responsibly. Now, as the pack leaders, we have to do the legwork of setting expectations and letting people know what are the rules? Why do we have these rules? What does showing up responsibly actually look like? Well, part of being responsible is giving your body the rest it needs. So when you're not in your bed from this time to this time, and every day you're up when it's you know clearly bedtime hours, then you're not showing up responsibly, taking care of your body. So until we can be sure you're showing up responsibly, then we're not going to do screen time. And we're going to be, um, we're just going to be without that screen time for a while because it will, because I know you love those games and they're fun, but they're not part, like you can survive without them and you may not want to, but it's a privilege. So we show up responsibly and then the privileges are, we get to enjoy the privileges. And when we're not showing up responsibly, then we're just going to do away with the privileges for, you know, this privilege or that privilege for a while. And I like this way of talking about privileges because I think if you do it the right way, you really can reinforce 
you know, that work hard, play hard. It's like your kids, when they get to be teenagers, right, or young adults, and now all of a sudden they, you know, they're maybe at college or they're, they have a lot of time away from you. Like they've sort of learned this concept of, I got to take care of business. I got to show up responsibly. So before I binge watch that show on Netflix, I got to get my work done, right? Because if we're just micromanaging every little teeny tiny thing, then we're not really connecting, helping them connect the dots. So Something like a fun activity is a special treat, is a privilege. We can stay home and you guys can, you know, do what kids do and what kids used to do back in the day, which is entertain yourself and play and come up with lots of creative games. And and mom and I are totally fine with that. And mom and I will do adult activities and you guys can play around the house. And if we're going to go and do these special fun activities together as a family, right, that is a privilege. So if we're not showing up responsibly, meaning if you're breaking our rules, if you're badgering, begging for things, um, space invading, those are all forms of bullying. That's not showing up as a responsible family member. Then it means that those fun activities can't happen because to go do those privileges and those fun activities we're going to be doing them as a family that gets along. It's it's not an option to go do these activities and to to feel tense. It's not fun for me and I don't really think it's fun for anyone. So, if we need to take a break or we need to we had a fun activity planned and now we have to say, mm, not happening today for whatever reason, we're not working well together. So we're just going to stay home and you guys are going to spend some time entertaining yourselves and mom and I are going to do some adult activities. These fun family activities are a treat. They are a privilege. And we're not doing them if we're not showing up responsibly. Privileges are extras. We don't have to do them. And we show up responsibly. So if she wants to take toys in the car, and she's not getting into the car responsibly and following directions and, and acting like a big girl. And I know that might sound like a shaming thing to say. And I want you, like, this is something I learned from Hunt Gather Parent. Little kids, it's the biggest compliment in the world. All little kids want to be older and bigger and wiser. Like, wow, look at you. You're really growing up. So big girls show up responsibly. And when you're not showing up responsibly by following directions and listening and and doing the things that you need to do to get into the car, just know that we're not taking toys with us in the car. Now, if you kind of handled it like that, and then you dealt with the meltdown of her not taking her toy, that could be impactful. I just want you to use a lot of common sense when it comes to that, because we just don't want to go back and forth with and have a huge giant power struggle of whether she gets to bring the toy in the car or not. It's just, we show up responsibly and this is what it looks like to show up responsibly. If she's not showing up responsibly, it's probably because there's something bigger going on. If she's just out of spoons, you guys have been sick a lot. She's not getting enough rest. Um, and we might need to just go back to the basic needs and hunker down on rest. So I think quite often when we get too hung up on, I'm going to take this privilege away from you and we dangle it and we take it away, it becomes very kind of 
bribey and and that doesn't get to the root of the issue. So I just want y'all to stay like clean and clear about that. Like with when a privilege becomes a problem, so if we're fighting about tech time, but wait, I want five more minutes. Why can't I? I wasn't on it. This doesn't count. Like, no, the privilege is an extra. When it becomes a, did I eat enough? Can, just wait, Can I, what if I take two more bites? And like, like we're not have, talking about ice cream. We're eating dinner right now, right? Like we're relying too much on those treats. And so later on, we're like, listen, we're not going to go. We've been getting a lot of ice cream and all of a sudden we're focused a lot on the ice cream. So if we're going to not be going on those ice cream outings for a little bit until we really start to show up responsibly and feed our body in a way that nourishes our body. The, the ice cream is just a special treat. It's an extra, but it's not the main focus. It's become a problem. So we're going to take it out for a while. If you don't follow through, like if there's a bunch of monkey business going around and you're like, guys, you know the rule. If we're, we're going to a fun activity. I'm hearing arguing. I'm hearing begging behavior. There's seem, This is a privilege and I'm sensing problems. Y'all know the deal. So what's the deal? Are we going to go or are we not? Are y'all, do y'all need to work some things out? Because I'm happy to just cancel this activity. And and then when you get in the car and they're like, no, 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 we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. And you get in the car and five minutes in, they're like, he touched me again. You're like, babe, turn it around. And you go back home. That probably happens once, maybe twice. And it is impactful. And you don't shame people. And you're not saying, I told you, we warned you guys, nothing. You're just quiet. And you just get home. You're like, everybody out. Just we'll reschedule this when we're all in a better place and we're showing up responsibly. But please, but please. And you just disengage and walk away. It's not happening today. Your low, slow, late night FM DJ voice. You're not over explaining yourself. You're not giving people one more chance and one more chance and one more chance. You just follow through. There was monkey business. And you turn it around. You can have a rule like you cleaning out the toys and snacks out of the car. There's a new rule. Any toys or snacks that come into the car on that car trip, wherever we're going, that and when it's time to get out of the car, you show up responsibly and you get your snacks and your toys and you take them with you and throw what needs to be thrown away and put what needs to be put away back in. My car is not a toy box or a trash can. So if you're going to bring your stuff in the car, showing up responsibly means taking the things you brought in out of it. And so do we just let them fail? No, we establish the rules. There's the boundary. Everything that comes into the car leaves the car. And it's not my job to clean up your stuff. And then we repeat it often. So before we get out of the car, you're like, okay, do a sweep. Make sure that you anything you brought into this car needs to be in your hands, going where it needs to go out of this car. So you repeat it often. And then if you start seeing that it's still not happening and she's not being responsible, then you, are, you talk about it in a non-relevant time and you're like, listen, we're not going to be going into the car. We're not going to be taking things in the car because you haven't been remembering the rule. But I promise, but I promise. We might do it again, but not right now. 
we're going to take a little break from bringing anything into the car. The follow through is that the follow through is the part that is difficult because you got to lean into the suckage. Whenever you're starting to really follow through and do what you said you were going to do, you know, enforce your boundaries, people don't like it. And little people quite often have lots of gigantic feelings about it. It's okay. It's going to be impactful, especially when we're not well. If you would have just done, if we don't guilt trip and shame and we just let it play out, that will be impactful. So you just sort of allow it, allow them. They're going to be super, when you're headed on a fun activity and then all of a sudden the car gets turned around, they're going to be sitting with disappointment and discomfort and they're sitting with it. And if you refuse to engage and do the fight dance with them, then they have to sit with those feelings. That's how people learn self-regulation. That's how people learn how to control their impulses because they're left to sit. The minute we start engaging with them and renegotiating or justifying and arguing and power struggling, well, now it's all of a sudden game on. They get an adrenaline rush and we prevent them from developing those self-regulation skills. So you got it like they're going to throw the ball to you to try and like, it's like game on and you just let the ball drop, right? You just let the ball drop. You're not engaging. You establish the rules. You've even been so generous to repeat them. Now you're just going to follow through consistently. So, okay. Moving on and segueing into our happier holidays topic. Let's talk about gratitude. Okay. I know this is a hot topic and we've all heard that practicing gratitude and people have, Oprah has a gratitude journal and probably Brene Brown does too. And they get up and they talk about all the little teeny tiny things they're grateful for. And there's a lot of science behind a gratitude practice. And let's talk about why it's important why it's important to you to raise kids that are grateful, that are truly grateful at holiday time, grateful for all that, you know, they have in this world, all that you give to them, all the presents, all the things. Um, Why is it important to you to have grateful kids? It's much easier to talk about why we don't want entitled kids, like what we don't want. And it's much more difficult to really pinpoint why we do want this other thing. If you're a grateful person, you're a happier person, you're not constantly thinking, what's the next thing? And what's the next next thing? It's like a person who is here in this moment and grateful for this life that they have, not constantly trying to see that it's better over there. Somebody else has it better. So I want them to appreciate how lucky they are. What if they don't feel lucky? What if they feel like, yeah, what if they don't feel lucky? What if they feel like this family has too many rules and it seems like that family over there, they're having more fun. Or like Corey used to say to us, like I was thinking, this is a pretty awesome family. And Corey is eight years younger than his oldest his oldest sibling, and then four and a half years younger than Avery. And all he ever wanted when he would see families that had like kid, 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 he was like, oh, it'd be so fun to be in that family. So, um, see, we got to check ourselves, 
right? We think it's like, be so grateful for this amazing family. But what if there's things about this family that your kid isn't so grateful about? And do we like, did I have to make Corey, was Corey wrong about wishing that he was in a family where he had siblings all around him? No, he's allowed, he's entitled to his, his opinion. He, he would have loved to have had a built-in playmate, right? Lindsay, who's on the mastermind parenting team, she sent me this post and I want to read it to you. And we thought it was so good. It's by Kat and Nat. We don't know who Kat and Nat are. It says this holiday season, there's almost a hundred percent chance that your kids won't remember a present that you've ever bought them. There's almost a hundred percent chance that they won't remember the food that you've cooked them. There's almost a hundred percent chance that they won't remember how clean or unclean your house was. There's also a hundred percent chance that they will remember the mood you're in and the way you made them feel. So if you're feeling majorly stressed about all you have or haven't done or wish you would have or could have done, it's not what they'll remember. They'll remember you happy and the way you made them feel. Hashtag mom truths, which I think is interesting. So, you know, so many of us are thinking it's about the stuff and the stuff and the stuff. Um, They should be grateful for the stuff that we're getting them. But really, if we're over here sort of resentful that they're not going to be grateful enough or that we have felt overburdened in providing this stuff, that's what they're going to remember. They're going to remember the overburdened mom. So I'm not saying this to make anyone feel bad because God knows I've been there. I mean, if I didn't try to make up for my disappointing, because <laughs> my birthday and um, our, and the holidays all run together, and I felt like it was always a bit of a wah, wah. And so I spent my kids' childhood like overcompensating and I sort of just like own that. Um, so there was many years where I was like, oh, I have to get to that wrapping. Oh, I have to buy one more thing. Oh, I have to do one more special thing. And so I've been there too. <laughs> I've 100% been there. But I think it's interesting to kind of just like get honest with ourselves and 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 really look at these things is it really about our kids is it really about our kids or is there stuff for us to kind of look into about ourselves and what we're trying to you know are we trying to overcompensate for the holidays that we wish we had been having when we were kids that we didn't get to have you know what are we bringing to the table the law of polarity, right? Like half of life involves not so great stuff. And half of life is like the holidays and opening Christmas presents and all the excitement. And so it's like being grateful for this so that when you go through one of those darker seasons, we we maybe don't go into such a dark hole and we can, you know, we have kids that are like, yeah, this is terrible right now. And I can't wait to have Christmas again. I just love Christmas so much. It's like being grateful for the holidays that when you, so you can see the light at the end of the tunnel when you're going through one of those harder times. Something negative typically motivates us and puts us into action. Okay. So the fear, right? The fear of, even if you're like, I'm not sure exactly why I want to have grateful kids. I just don't know that I don't want to have the other kind of kids. It's okay, right? Because if your big fear is giving, having a Veruca, right? Like 
that I mean, I think that was everyone's most hated character from Willy Wonka. Tell me if I'm wrong, if y'all, if there was any of the other characters that you hated more than Veruca, like Veruca was just like the absolute fucking worst. Like the thought of having a Veruca, forget it. Right. So that gimme, gimme, gimme kid, like Liz's kid, she's, she knows she's giving him so many things, but maybe he asked for the $2,500 Oculus Quest, blah, blah, blah. And the last thing she wants to get him is one more video game thing. And no, she's not spending $2,500, but he's been, you know, he's been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. So even though he's going to have this abundant Christmas, she's got this pit that he's going to be like, you didn't get me the yada, yada. I told you how much I wanted it right? Um, And he might be disappointed. So the fear of, of that quite often, I think, is the thing that propels us to think about how we can do things differently and um, attend things like this in the middle of your Friday, right? The fear of having the Veruca child, the child who, after all that you've done, is disappointed on Christmas you come to things like this. So the sentences running through your head, okay? The sentences running through your head have to do with something from your own experience growing up, okay? So if you go back in time and you look at Christmas morning, right? Or your holiday rituals, I want you to think about what was your expectation around the holidays. And for me, it was the Baby Alive doll. Many of you have heard that story about that stupid Holly Hobby bullshit with the yarn hair that I got instead of the Baby Alive. I eventually got the Baby Alive, just saying. Um, But there was a lot of disappointment about not getting that Baby Alive. So, you know, check in with what your memories are about the holidays growing up? What messages did you receive? What about when you were disappointed? We can consciously think and do all this work and try to just go in with the best mindset. But when we skip the part of there's a memory going on in your body, specifically around the holidays, because holidays are, there's so much buildup for kids around holidays. And if holiday after holiday was pretty disappointing and it didn't feel safe to ever express any of that disappointment because you were because you were you felt like you were either going to get in trouble your parents were going to get mad you might hurt their feelings all those things just say you were a kid who was sent the message that it was your job to take care of your adults emotions which truth number one in our 10 truths program, kids are not responsible for adult emotions. But if you felt like you had to bottle it all up, there's a reason. So your body kept all of that bottled up inside where if it had been a safe place and you have been, oh, wow, I really wanted that Barbie dream house. I just thought for sure this was going to be the year. And if you, let's just say, I know this sounds crazy for most of us. You had had that emotionally mature, grounded, grown up in your life who was like, oh, 
you told me you wanted that. You have been asking for it for a few years. I wasn't sure if maybe you had grown out of it. I didn't realize that you still wanted it. Yeah, you were you were hoping you were going to get it this year, huh? Yeah, I would imagine that all of these things don't really compare to the fact that you've been waiting for how many years for that Barbie dream house? Okay, well, thanks for telling me. I'm just so glad you didn't keep it all bottled up inside. Thank you for telling me. And you know what? We might be able to figure something out. Just let's get all your presents open and maybe we'll see which ones you want to keep, which ones we maybe want to return and see if we can work towards getting that Barbie dream house. Maybe the, maybe we can do some kind of a trade. We'll figure it out. I'm not worried, but thank you for telling me, right? What if you had had that? Like, would you have so much angst around your kid not getting this thing that he wanted and you bought him all these other things? And what if he's super disappointed? What if you had experienced your parents knowing how to hold space for you, how to problem solve with you, how to just let you know they appreciated you telling them and not bottling it all up inside? right? What if, would you be so angsty about your kid? Or would it be like, hey, listen, bud, I know, I know you've really been wanting this thing and I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. It may happen. It may not happen. And if it doesn't happen and you're in any, you're disappointed, like, I just want you to know, you can tell me and dad about it. Like, like, it's if you're disappointed by anything, you're allowed to tell us. It's okay. The holidays, the spun, the stuff is fun, and it's you know, it's not all about the stuff. And if you're experiencing any kind of disappointment, you can tell us. You know, it's everything is allowed. It's all allowed. So, what if you even just like proactively have that conversation where it's like you may get what you're you've asked for from Santa if your kids still believe in Santa, you may get what you asked for from Santa, and you know you may not. And when you don't get the thing you were hoping for, you may even on Christmas when you have all these other things, you may experience disappointment. And if you're experiencing disappointment, you can tell us. Like it's fine, it's okay, it's all allowed isn't that a different conversation? Like we're all so worried that our kids are going to be experiencing disappointment. What if we just let them? What if we just proactively let them know it's okay, right? Like we're not that invested in them being so excited about getting the thing or not, right? Like it's their race they're running. So we're just open for all of it. Randy Rubenstein, and this is the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where I share tips on how to solve any parenting problem. If you're in an absolute parenting shitstorm right now, I gotcha. Do this now. Go to our website at mastermindparenting.com and click on the live assessment button where you can schedule a live call to discuss your issue. My team is going to point you in the right direction, match you up with the best resource because we've been where you are and know that you want the tools that work ASAP. Don't worry, we got you. You can also go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash live dash assessment. That's live dash assessment. 
get on our calendar right away, you will hook up with a live person to begin helping you immediately. So if we set our expectations and we rooted our expectations in reality, okay? And what I mean by that is like Liz knows her kid's been asking for this thing that he is not going to get. So chances are he's going to experience some form of disappointment. He's really hoping he's going to get this thing. He's really hoping he's going to get this thing. And then he doesn't get this thing. Okay. So the reality is he's probably going to feel a little bit of disappointment on Christmas morning. So if we accept that reality and, and the sentence going through your head, which might want to go to the place of he's an only child. This is what happens, right? He's so spoiled. We've made them all about the stuff and the stuff and the stuff. If you go down that thought loop, chances are you're not going to be able to really hold space for him or you're going to have to white knuckle your way through it and he's going to sense the tension. But let's just say you have a sentence in your head like, yeah, we all have gone through moments in our life where we really wanted something and we didn't get that thing. Look, it might be Christmas at 10 or 11 years old. That prepares him for the disappointment like Avery experienced when she really, 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 really wanted to get into this program at Duke and didn't get in, right? And didn't get in. And that moment of disappointment, why was she able? Didn't it, She was super upset. She was upset for, I mean, she could barely talk about it for like a month. And she worked through it and she handled it. And now she's like, okay, maybe I'll, I was meant to go to that program for graduate school. I wouldn't trade where I am for undergrad for the world. I'm exactly where I was meant to be. And that disappointment felt terrible. And now I can see that it happened for, not to me. But how did she deal with that real life disappointment? It was like public humiliation. She had gone big for it. Everybody knew about it. I mean, everybody knew about it. Everybody knew when the decision came out because it was like early decision. So it was like a public humiliation. How did she deal with that? Well, it came from lots of disappointments happening over the years that she had to deal with. So maybe, maybe him asking for this ridiculous thing that he's not going to get for Christmas and then having to experience the real life disappointment is going to create some muscle memory, some resilience building muscle memory so that when the bigger disappointments inevitably come, he's going to be able to process and handle it. He's not going to crumble and just completely fall apart and never go for something or ask for something he really wants again, right? So so if you have a sentence in your, in your head, which is, yes, he's going to experience disappointment and I can hold space for that. I don't have to make it mean anything about me. It doesn't mean I'm inadequate. It doesn't mean that I didn't provide a joy-filled holiday. It means that I put my 
money where my mouth is, kind of or not, you know, or the opposite of that, which is the holidays, the fun, the stuff is fun. It's the the stuff is a privilege. And the holiday is about more than the stuff. Those are empty words, but when we don't get our kids all the stuff that they had on their wish list, right? That's where we put our money or don't put our money where our mouth is. Because we allow the disappointment and we hold space for it and we have conversations and we're not scared of it and we manage our minds. Yeah, these are life lessons. Are you disappointed, buddy? You know, you might have a kid that falls more into the people, and this is not the strong-willed, not a child of the strong-willed variety, but those other types of kids might say, no, it's okay. I got a lot of good stuff. Like I've had to do this with Corey on birthdays because he's like, no, it's okay. I'm good. I'm like, listen, buddy, if you're, I'm sensing some kind of sadness or something. And if you're feeling, whatever you're feeling is allowed, you can tell me. And like one time, one year he called me out. He was like, I don't know. I just, you know, I didn't, I don't know. It didn't really feel like a super special birthday. And I was like, oh. And I was like, no. What about it? He was like, I don't know. Just, I didn't really get anything that I'm really into. And he was disappointed because I did. I kind of dialed it in. And I didn't pay close enough attention to the things that he was really into. And so he felt like I just like wrapped a bunch of things. And he, it was like, it was almost like he was saying like, like, pay attention see me, see what I'm into, right? Like the stuff you got me and stuff I've been into in other years, but, and he was so sweet and I had to kind of pull it out of him. But so if you have one of those kids, it's like, we can hold space for all the disappointment. We don't have to be scared of it. When your kid's reaction to opening presents is a and you're kind of bummed because you're really hoping for just unlimited moments of joy. You know, it's going to provide evidence that you're getting this holiday thing so much better, so much more right than your parents did, right? You're kind of, you're wanting that, you're needing that. Like, we're not doing that anymore. What if we're just rooted in reality, which is some years they might experience some disappointment. Some years they might not get the thing. And yeah, that's such a bummer. Man, I heard Santa's supply chain was low, but I guess, I guess we're seeing it. That's a bummer. You really wanted that thing. See your child's perspective just by stating the obvious. You know, we think we need to have all the answers. Mostly they just want us to hear them and see them and hold space. State the obvious. Ah, yes, you really wanted that thing. You wrote it on your list. You really wanted, you told me a million times you really wanted it. Yeah. So, Yeah. It would make sense that you'd be a bit bummed that you didn't get it. Yeah, no, I see that. Okay. And if you can, if your child actually starts talking, you just actively listen. You mirror back whatever they're saying. And and there's no yeah, budding. Yeah, but you know, you just had a birthday or your birthday's coming up and well, you got all these other things, you know, I mean, you know how much all of these things added up to? There was no way. Like, no, yeah, buts. Your kid's like, yeah, that was the one thing I asked for. Meanwhile, you know that they've been asking for stuff all year. 
No yeah buts. You're like, yeah, that was the one thing you asked for. You re- That was the thing you wanted the very most. Yeah. You were really hoping for that thing. Mm. It's hard, right? And if your kid has a real hissy fit or super disappointed, okay, and they're still... And they're and they're really, really upset. After you stated the obvious, you seem really mad that you didn't get that thing. You're angry. You're angry with me. You're angry with Santa. You're angry. You wanted that thing. And then if your kid's like, yes, you never get me what I want. You know, you always get, and they start comparing themselves to others. You always get, and you're like, it seems like, it seems like, Missy always gets what she wants and you never get what you want and you're sick of waiting and you just wanted this one thing and you're super, you're super upset about it. Now, when you mirror back, you actually can pretty much say what your kid's saying because that just lets them know that you're, you're believing them and you're hearing them. You're believing them and hearing them. Now, it's super hard not to go into a defensive place right? Because, because we start feeling anxious. We start feeling like they're blaming us. They're going to be blaming us for years to come. Here's evidence that we're not leaving our, you know, we're not providing these holidays with so much joy. Like we said, we were going to do, we're going to do it so much better than our parents. And so we can start to feel anxious. And when we feel anxious, we start going into that proving, defending, trying to justify. And before you know it, it's just like, this battle zone. Um, if you state the obvious, if you active listen, actively listen and just mirror back and mirror back, your kid will soften. This is a, a tangible way to sort of hold space. Like, I see you. I believe you. I'm not going to gaslight you or invalidate you or argue with you. And when you do those things, okay, you quite often you'll just have a kid that is like, it's okay. I actually... I actually got a lot of good things. And you know what? I'll maybe I'll save up for that for my birthday. Or maybe I'll ask, you know, all the extra, all the other family members that this is, you know, I, I can I go play with my such and such? So quite often it'll resolve because that's what empathy does, right? When we state the obvious, when we actively listen, right? When we're, we're just believing our kids and that is empathy and empathy like coats the brain. And now all of a sudden your child who was very emotional and very reactive, boom, boom, boom. They're like moving, they're moving up into their thinking brain and they're starting to, you know, they're starting to regulate. They're starting to feel calmer. So if you've done those things and you still have a kid that's kind of fixating on it, you can ask curious questions, curious what and how questions, right? So that you can problem solve it together. What do you think? You really wanted this thing. You didn't get it. What do you think, you know, you we can do? Like, how do you think you're going to be able to get this thing? What are your ideas? You know, it didn't happen this Christmas or this Hanukkah. So what do you think needs to happen to get you this thing? If you have a kid that's super defensive and is like, I don't know, I, it's, maybe you'll just buy it for me at some point. You're like, Okay, you can hold out. That's a choice. Or if you want to talk to me about some creative ideas to help you figure out how you're going to earn this thing or save up for this thing, I'm happy to help you problem solve, see how I can help. 
yeah, I'm here when you're ready to talk about it calmly. I'm not, you know, this feels like an argument. I'm not going to argue about this thing. Right. When you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to engage in that. Right. You don't have to shame them. You don't have to berate them. Okay. So see their perspective, state the obvious, actively listen, problem solve together. And this is really just empathetic pack leadership. Right. So this is the recipe productive conversations, productive conversations, productive conversations to before the holiday even comes right? Productive conversations, which is state the obvious. You may not get all the things on your list. Santa's supply chain may be, you know, all backed up. I've heard, I've heard some rumors or, you know, we're, we're not, you just, just to be clear, you're not going to get everything on your list. There's lots of reasons why, but you're going to get some of the things on your list. And when you don't get everything on your list, you might be disappointed and that's okay. You're allowed to be disappointed, right? We just state the obvious. We actively listen. And then when we have a kid that's really, really digging their heels in, we just ask curious what and how questions. And that's how we get through. That's our tool. That's our tool for happier holidays so that we are rooted in reality. All feelings are allowed. We're on to ourselves about our stories and what's coming up for us from the past. And we're not giving our kids the job of taking care of us, right? We're realizing when we're feeling overburdened, when we're putting too much pressure on ourselves, and it's like, stop that. You know, it's just like what Samantha said. It was, you know, she, it wasn't really even about, like, if she had gotten that, that Dooney and Burke purse, it probably would have been great. But her main memory would still have been going to grandma's house and playing with her cousins and and getting to have a super fun holiday with her cousins, with family, connecting with other humans. No one wants to connect when we come to the holiday season from this place of anger, resentment, feeling overburdened, um, assuming our kids are just going to be ungrateful, entitled you know, defining their perceived behavior as bratty and spoiled when they get to just be human, right? When I open a present, look, I don't consider myself bratty or or spoiled or entitled at all. And when someone gives me a present, I'm not going to name names. I so want to name names right now where it's like the it's like kind of like what I did that year for Corey. When somebody gives me something where it kind of just feels like they dialed it in, it's not something that looks anything like anything I would ever use or wear. It's not anything I'm into. It sort of feels like a disappointment. It does, right? And when somebody, even if it's a tiny little trinket of something, right? If somebody sees that I always have a water cup around and I love rose gold and somebody gives me a brand new, you know, whatever these kinds of these thermosy cups of a, a rose gold, amazing thermos cup. That would probably be my favorite gift, right? It doesn't, it's not that it has to be something super expensive. It's just like you observed and noticed who I was and what kind of thing I would love and enjoy. 
And when it when you feel like somebody comes to the holidays and they're really seeing you, you know, it might even be that they know that you love to bake. You're a little kid that loves to bake. You're a little kid that loves sprinkles. You're a little kid that hates sprinkles. And it's like, we're going to have a holiday. We're going to make some cookies. And guess what? I didn't buy any sprinkles. Corey hates sprinkles. I bought, you know, or for the kid that loves sprinkles, I bought so many sprinkles. You're going to have a field day on the sprinkles. It's like, I know you're a little kid that loves to bake cookies. So we're just on to ourselves. We're going to take care and master our own minds and not expect our kids to need to take care of us and our feelings on the holidays. We got this. So there's our holiday workshop. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you picked up some tips, tools, maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life. And I just wanted to let you know, if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com. We have three beginning programs. And if you need some accountability and more support, then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. Um, And as always, we're on all the social channels under Mastermind Parenting. On Instagram, it's mastermind underscore parenting. Um, And, you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives, where I give you teaching and coaching. And I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better because when they feel better, they do better. And um, I love, love, love getting to know you guys. So thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Super, super appreciative.